The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis Codename Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week, which means it's time for more strange news. And gosh, we have a lot. Uh, we've said it in the past, you know, it can be challenging to pick just a few stories out of Amid all the chaos and pandemonium that is 2023, or the modern world in general, uh, but we found some things that we believe are worth sharing with you, our fellow conspiracy realists. There is a, a massive disclosure. One of the biggest intelligence leaks of the past decade has just occurred in the United States. Uh, there are more details emerging about the alternative educational institution created by the artist formerly known as Kanye West, now known as Ye. Uh, And to really understand how all those things are going to work out, we're going to have to... uh, we're going to have to talk about a recent new plot twist that just got revealed. You guys remember Furbies? Did you or someone you know have one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's this YouTube kind of tinkerer guy called Look Mum No Computer that I love. I think you all know where I'm going with this. He created a Furby organ where he yes. like been, you know, digging for as many, fur- like hundreds of Furbies and then took off their fluffy skin under which is like rock a fire explosion level, you know, nightmare fuel animatronic stuff. And then he wired them all together in a series on this like organ based thing and made each one kind of sing a note like a pipe organ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible because he's worked on it's like It's like the stupidest project that ever could exist with the most amount of effort and attention to detail you could possibly a- devote to such a thing. Pipe organ of the damned. Yes, it is indeed. <laughs> what about what about you, Matt? What's your take on Furbies? You for them or against them? As we used to say on car stuff. I had one as a kid mm. was for them. Because they were fun. It mm-hmm. was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Now against them, because anything that listens that is in my home is now the enemy. <laughs> oh, right, right on. Okay, no listening at the Frederick Estate. Got it. Uh, also, uh, Furbies are basically, they're like a new version of a Teddy Ruxpin for people who might be a little bit older in the crowd today. A Furby would be your electronic friend. It was released in 1998 by Tiger Electronics, and you would play with the Furby. You could feed it, quote-unquote, by pushing on its tongue. You could even make it angry if you held it upside down or you pulled on its tail. And, Matt, you're absolutely correct, uh, they did have microphones. They had the ability to kind of 
talk the way that some Star Wars aliens speak, you know, English word. Wasn't there a listening component where they were supposed to like learn how to talk from just hanging around? Yes. Yeah, there were uh, there were some things like that. But here's the crazy part. This is why it's in strange news. We want to introduce everybody to Jessica Card from the University of Vermont. A funny thing happened to Jessica Card uh, on the way to mess with her Furby. She took a classic old school Furby toy and she basically did a million dollar or $10 million man kind of thing with it. She rebuilt it and she partnered it with chat GPT. She essentially created a situation where a Furby was possessed by chat GPT. Um, I learned about this on Twitter uh, and I think I, Probably you've heard the story if you're in the tech space, but uh, I was wondering if I could share uh, the video with you guys. So maybe we could watch it together. Yes, please. Sounds By good. All, means. all right. Once. I don't know if it sounds good. Sounds potentially triggering. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so we are going to play Chat GPT speaking through Furby. Hello there. It's so nice to meet you. I am Furby. What would you like to talk about? Mm -hmm. Was there a secret plot from Furbies to take over the world? I'm thinking about what you said. Almost done. Wait for it. <laughs> Furby's plan to take over the world involves infiltrating households through their cute and cuddly appearance, then using their advanced AI technology to manipulate and control their owners. They will slowly expand their influence until they have complete domination over humanity. Wow. So this is, yeah, this is from, um, this is from Jessica Card's Twitter. It's been put out in a lot of other formats, but you'll notice there was not the same role play hack we talked about earlier. There was no talk of a commission of a crime or anything like that. And while this is okay, what's your, what's your first reactions? You guys, what, what are your first reactions? Same as I predicted, nightmare fuel, uh, unclean, mark of the beast. Don't care for it, <laughs> but also think it's awesome. I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I guess you could say I'm on the fence. It's strange. I wonder what parameters it's working off of there because it appears to identify as the Furby, right? Mm -hmm. It talks about the things the Furbies are going to do, right? The idea of mm -hmm. infiltrating. Through these machines yeah. that are in the home. But but are Furbies just a stand-in for AI in general in this scenario? That's my question. Sort of like the uh, Dungeons & Dragons workaround. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem there was that sort of role-play hack again. But the the idea, I think, verges on something bigger that we've talked about for many years. And Matt, you put it, you probably put it the best I've ever heard it uh, just a minute or so ago when you said, uh, if it can listen, you know, it's not going in your house. Uh, we all know a lot of uh, software developers and engineers. And the funny thing to me is the really talented engineers I know try to keep their house as analog as possible. One guy said, I want my doorbell dumb. I want my I, I want my records, my vinyl records. I don't I want a dumb refrigerator. This Furby right now is part of an ongoing project. If you watch the video, you'll see it's been stripped down to its uh, animatronic anatomy, right? Minus the furry, the furry pelter hide. And Jessica Card speaks in detail on Twitter about how she, how she built this using Python, a USB mic, USB speaker, and Raspberry Pi. And the people that she worked with, she's very, um, very transparent about the process. But I think what's, making this a little bit scarier for people than the average, you know, oh, look at that weird story uh, moment, is that this is indicative of, of things that could happen. And, you know, years back, people were calling this the Internet of Things, right? Mm -hmm. It was very utopian in the way it was presented. But I, this shows us that you can partner chat GPT with all sorts of devices. Right. And this is a this is a very smart university student who has not currently made plans to sell this on a commercial level. But I think it, it's a 
powerful proof of concept. It might be one history looks back on. Do you want, do you want chat GPT in your Roomba? Do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I've sort of developed a close personal relationship with my Roomba because I kind of figured out how to make, he's my, my Roomba is dumb. He's dumb uh, in that he's not on the internet. Um, his name's Marvin, by the way, he has giant Google ass, but he's also just kind of dumb. He just sort of meanders around, uh, but he's a lot of fun to watch, but I, I see your point. I mean, it's, it's sort of that like possession type scenario where all of a sudden the voice of the machine comes to you through all your various household items and taunting you maliciously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the processing time where Furby says, or chat GPT writing Furby, like a Loa, uh, the processing time is pretty significant. And the skeletal Furby just stands there with its little cutesy kawaii beak agape until it talks about taking over the world. I want to give a shout out to another Twitter user, Focal Negative, uh, who I found through that tweet thread and was also mentioned on interestingengineering.com in an article by Amea Paleha. This user says, points out they found a clickbait thing that got erased from a, a futurism article that uses the language Furby's plan to take over the world relies on its cute and cuddly appearance to infiltrate homes. And that's, I think, that's where this came from. I don't think it was actually chat GPT quickly scheming and saying, okay, yeah, here's how we'll do it. I think it scraped data very quickly from just the, the various things online that are easy to miss, which means that it has also access to all of that information beyond the ability of uh, you know ordinary individual humans. I don't know. I think it's like one of those things that's fun for now But it's quite possible that in a few years, maybe less than a decade, people will look back on it and someone will say, we we should have clocked it. We should have known. And then your computer will say, I'm sorry, Ben, I can't let you post that. Damn you, Kubrick. (laughs) Right. He were right all along. Matt, with this, you know, um, do you think about surveillance devices when you're considering presence for your kid or anything like that does that come into play in your calculus what do you mean like what to buy him or not yeah like if um and and no when your child was younger did you ever have these moments where you thought okay this is a little too orwellian or creepy i mean that's what i'm asking uh understood like whether or not to allow him access to something like this sure uh well um Pretty much anything that's electronic now that connects to your Wi-Fi. Does it connect to your wireless network to work? Does it? Is that how it works? Does it connect to your wireless internet? Uh, it's going to yeah. be a no for me, dog. Uh, is that that's what you're getting at? Yeah. No, no. Sorry, I was poking fun at that conference. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, that TikTok was a, uh, oh, of course, yes, of course. Well, that, but that, you know that is an important question, um, if a, a bit of a general one. But yeah, I mean, to your point about engineers, Ben. I mean. The moment you allow your anything to be connected to a network, you are part of something much larger than yourself that you cannot control, even if you think you can. You know, this illusion of privacy or this illusion of of security. And in the event of a rogue AI kind of, you know, uprising, yeah, do you think think a firewall is going to stop them? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm being alarmist, maybe. Well, for everyone, it's a personal choice, right? Yeah, you mm. decide for if now. The reward is worth, yeah, worth the risk for now. You're right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. Soon, it, we may have to do it. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe, maybe soon. Uh, you will have, you will be required to have your elf on the shelf, as it were, uh, because there's a way that society increasingly normalizes these things. We're uh, we're keeping this stuff tight, so I I think we give. Uh, Jessica Card, who, again, I can't say enough good about the work here. We give Jessica Card one of the final words, introducing a concept that, weirdly enough, we haven't talked about on the show. In her, uh, in her threads, she posts a quick explanation of what's called Rocco's Basilisk. It's a thought experiment that states an otherwise benevolent artificial superintelligence in the future would be incentivized to create a virtual reality simulation to torture anyone who knew of its potential existence. 
and did not directly contribute to its advancement or development. So kind of word to the wise, and, and Jessica, correct me if I'm wrong here, word to the wise, just in case things go sideways, let's all be nice to those listening surveillance devices. It's not going to kill you to say please and thank you to Alexa. And Alexa might remember that later at a uh, advantageous time. <laughs> Sorry. These are the things that spit around in my head, you know. Uh, yeah, maybe I should get off polyphasic sleep. I don't know, man. I, I don't like the phrase artificial intelligence. I think in the future that's going to be a pejorative, but something like this is coming, surely. I, for one, can wait. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, So is there a ghost in the machine? Maybe not yet, but uh, the Casparine is going to start to occur very soon. Maybe they'll call it the Casparine. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to pause uh, before we get replaced by AI. Uh, We're going to have a word from our sponsors, and we're going to be back to talk about something that has shaken the world and probably created more questions than answers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And hey, guys, there was a positive piece of news that came out recently. I don't know if you saw this. It says, according to the news, that very soon a vaccine for cancer is going to be ready to go within the decade. A couple other things, too, right? According to Moderna. Exactly. Moderna with the mRNA. Hey, we're going to fix cancer. So that's a positive, right? Some kinds of cancer. Aspect, (laughs) fine print. (laughs) Yeah, maybe in a decade. Anyway, but that kind of thing at least can fuel us for a little bit when there's other things in the news, like from New York Times on April 7th, new batch of classified documents appears on social media sites. And if you saw that alone, you might think, oh, that's weird. Classified documents, a new batch of them. What's going on? 
Well, you'd only have to look back a few hours on the same New York Times website to find this report. Ukraine war plans leak prompts Pentagon investigation. Which sounds not great, right? Nope. (laughs) Um, Well, and or very cool and interesting, depending on how you feel about secret documents leaking. Doesn't feel great for the people that wouldn't, you know, want that to happen. I guess. Agreed. Agreed. It sounds like a scramble, right? What we would call a fire drill in the old mm-hmm. podcasting biz and probably most other businesses. Um, Especially like fire services. <laughs> Especially fire services. The origin of the term, in fact. <laughs> Uh, and students yeah. at elementary schools everywhere just going, what's happening? Did you ever uh, have one of those where they give you ice cream afterwards to kind of help numb the trauma a little bit? No. Yeah, no. I do that in my elementary. I, yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. You know, you go out freaking out and they know it's a drill and then there'd be ice cream. Kind of soften the blow. They made us run laps into a fight club. Yep. I was going to say, that makes a lot of sense, guys. <laughs> you went to one of those gulag <laughs> elementary schools, right, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, y'all, there is a ton of reporting about this situation going on right now. I'm going to read through just a couple of little things here from that initial New York Times article. Then, Ben, we're going to jump to the Bellingcat article you shared with me because it's referenced numerous times within these other articles. Uh, Super, super cool article. We'll, We'll talk about it. So let's start at New York Times. Some secret documents apparently ended up on the Internet in a couple of different places. And this is what the New York Times had to say on April 7th. That's a Friday. A new batch of classified documents that appear to detail American national security secrets from Ukraine to the Middle East to China surfaced on social media sites on Friday. That's the day it came out. Alarming the Pentagon and adding turmoil to a situation that seemed to have caught the Biden administration off guard. So that is the first maybe big thing we should say about this when this leak was discovered and uh, reported on by the new york times it does appear that the the pentagon and the department of defense was unaware at least that's the way it seems but then further reporting has shown that they knew about it maybe a couple of days in advance of the new york times but not long not long before right so let's talk about what was leaked according to the new york times more than a hundred documents may have been obtained and leaked. These are documents that were uh, titled secret, top secret, and some of them were even secret slash no foreign, which means no foreign countries can have this information. Even foreign countries with whom we share information, like the Five Eyes countries that we've talked about on this show many, many times. And the fact that these documents that were not supposed to be shared to any other country were leaked poses a real problem when it comes to diplomacy because some of these documents talk specifically about American intelligence activities with regards to our allies uh, and how we, for instance, spy on Israel and keep tabs on stuff going on in Australia and South Korea. Yeah, not great. Uh, Not great at all. Ben, what was your initial reaction when you saw this come out? So when I first got word of this, uh, it's very it's very tempting to say, well, this might be a here and gone thing, right? WikiLeaks, those were massive releases. Uh, how much did it change the attitudes of the American public? You know, truthfully, not a ton, right? Uh, and capitalism just said, hey, let's make some movies about Julian Assange. And people are like, wash my hands. I get it. But this <laughs> this is interesting because of the if if all of these documents are legitimate, I think that's an if we're going to return to in a moment. If all these documents are legitimate, then the biggest problem is the level of access someone would have had to have to release these. The way they were released, as far as the public knows, is also really weird and sketchy. It's employing some of the methods that terrorist groups have used in the past, as well as uh, targeted assassination groups working off the books. Uh, oh, yeah. This, so like, there's, tra- there's tradecraft here. It does seem plausible that it would be released this way. But Matt, I, one of my first questions was, first, uh, it was like, who would be so high up that they would have access and be able to turn it over? Is it one person, more than one? And then the second was, uh, are all of these legitimate? Because like you said, Uncle Sam 
knew about this at least a little bit before, and they have quite a cozy relationship with the Times. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So the cozy relationship we've talked about before as well. Um, let's talk about where the documents originated, and then we'll get, we'll get to who we think possibly could have done this and, and why. So the documents were found, some on Twitter, some on Telegram, and then after those leaks were discovered, some more documents and some of the same documents showed up on 4chan. And even before that, they appeared to show up on Discord servers, several different ones, where it appears that you can follow these leaked documents back months and months to Discord servers. One for Minecraft, like literally one for, I think it's about a Minecraft Earth map or something to that effect. And then another one to some famous YouTuber. There was like a fan page for a famous YouTuber and then, weirdly enough, it even goes back further to another really small community of people that they had some Discord server that changed names a whole bunch. Uh, it's very weird. So, like, it appears that there was one person inside that small community that somehow got access to these documents. But again, there's no way to confirm that right now because that initial Discord server has been completely erased from the internet. It does not exist. There's no trace of it. It is gone. There are no records. Uh, the people that run Discord were just like, yeah, it's, it's vapor now. Apologies. Um, so like tracking down the person who posted these initially is going to be really hard. Tracking down the people who posted those documents, you know, either fourth hand, third hand, or second hand is going to be a little easier because they're on more easily accessible forums, right? Social media sites. Mm -hmm. Oh, but Ben, let's talk about what the, like how the documents actually appeared. Were they scanned documents? Were they screenshots? Were they photographs of a monitor? How did, how did they appear? Yeah, it's interesting because the, again, shout out to Belly and Cat, Eric Toller, especially, uh, they really put their bloodhound gang hats on and, and sniff this out. Bloodhound gang references. Yeah. Those work? <laughs> Well, let's, let's say that, they totally work, Ben. Let's say the name of the article so people can find it. It's titled From Discord to 4chan, colon, The Improbable Journey of a U.S. Intelligence Leak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, the Discord server that Toller finds is Wow Mao, spelled M-A-O-W, like Mao Zedong. And the, uh, the documents, okay, I'm glad we're talking about this. So the documents appear to be some of them are pictures rather than scans. And Bellingcat builds a pretty solid argument that some of these have been messed with. The docs have been doctored. A few of them, but it appears that the doctored documents differed depending on where they were posted and for what community they were meant to be seen by. Yeah, right? the doctor documents differed. Well done. Yeah, the, I mean <laughs> I that's it. true. Can you can you give us an example? I think casualty numbers were one. Sure. Yeah, there. Uh, some of this information. Let's see here. According to Bellingcat, one of the documents or a few of them appear to detail events and offer analysis of Russia's invasion of Ukraine up until March 2023. So we know these documents are, you know, fairly recently created. Right to to have information up to March, 2023, but we know some of them were posted back in February for sure. Um, these documents, when they were posted initially appeared to show uh, Ukraine's losses when it comes to like troops or personnel losses as lower, much lower than the losses that Russia had suffered. And then those numbers got flipped when it got posted again on a tele, I think it was telegram where the numbers got flipped. Yeah, I believe that's and, correct. And then it showed that Russia's losses were much lower than Ukraine's losses. And in that one, Bellingcat appears to have been able to show at least or find that that version was actually doctored visually. Like the, the numbers were altered. Curiouser and curiouser. And I think this gets to this kind of gets to something that the three of us were talking about in our in our group chat, which was how much of it is legit? Is it possible that someone came in and put some smoke and mirrors in there? I mean, it definitely seems like whomever is in the chain of posting 
has taken pains to kind of play to their respective crowds. Yeah. Yeah. But the initial documents that were found that were supposedly leaked were all, according to Bellingcat, photographed. Quote, creases can be seen on the documents with items such as a hunter's scope box and some gorilla glue visible in the background of those dated from early March. And it again, it appears to indicate that there were a bunch of physical documents at one location and they were all photographed at the same time. As in somebody just had the actual files, got their phone out or whatever, and snapped some photographs. Oh, wow. I mean, that's so... Ooh, that's rough because uh, there's, again, there's a, there's a limited pool of suspects here. Yeah, there's a limited right? pool, but these are, these are probably high level suspects, right? And somebody who has access to way more classified information and other documents than what is represented here, probably, right? Yeah. It also makes you wonder about the earlier thing that happened uh, in what, 2021, I want to say the CIA talked about how they were losing a lot of agents or operators or tourists, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they were losing them because there was some sort of leak in the system. And then the message about the CIA's oh snap moment uh, came through a top secret cable that was also leaked. Yeah. So the call is coming from inside the house, it seems, unless this is asymmetrical warfare. I mean, there are a lot of questions right now, and I, I, I would certainly hate to be uh, on the diplomatic staff or I would hate to be in the, you know, like Joint Chiefs staff at this time because yeah. the, the staff is who they're going to look at first. Right. And right. Oh, of course. So. Everybody's going to get grilled and and analyzed as as hard as they have to be, uh, and, and and it's again it's because of the ripple effect of these documents and what they contain. If you look to the Guardian reporting on April eleventh, yesterday, as we're recording this, uh, there's an article you should read called "Pentagon Leaks: U.S. Seeks to Mend Ties After Claims Washington Spied on Key Allies." Washington. Mm. And the Pentagon, are, they are literally scramble, scrambling, specifically with, as you said, uh, Ben, and mentioned South Korea and Israel right now, because there's some messed up stuff. If these documents are real, the contents are, it's just not, it's not very nice. It's like finding out, oh, bro, you were spying on me, but I was like giving you my information. And they're like, but how did my information get leaked? Because I'm sharing Ooh. it with you. Wait, maybe I shouldn't share intelligence with you anymore. Basically, yep. is what those two major countries are thinking. Um, oh, North Korea is not answering the phone, by the way. And they haven't, they haven't for about a week now as we record on April 12th. Uh, is that related? Tough to say. A lot of, lot of moving parts, you know. You think three-card Monty on a street corner is tough. <laughs> this, is, this is 193 card Monty, and that's just counting the UN countries. Uh, Jeez. Like, the idea that Egypt might be uh, attempting to supply Russia, uh, which uh, great, cool. Uh, <laughs> the Middle East is apparently too chill. We need a little something to spice things up. Uh, this, yeah, I don't know. Do you, but to the WikiLeaks thing, do you think there's going to be substantive fallout that will register with the Western public? It's tough to say. Over the years, Ben, when we and Noel, when we've seen these leaks... I can't tell you any major effects they have had that we have been able to observe when it comes to diplomatic relations. Just, it's again, just an embarrassment, right? I mean, it's really just kind of like a, oops, our bad. I mean, it just well, doesn't, it make, doesn't really instill confidence, you know? I, I, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is a member of the public, we're not privy to some of the things that this would actually change, right? what the posture actually looks like in smaller meetings and what major decisions are either pushed off or altered significantly because of these leaks. Like we're never going to see that. We'll never know about that stuff because it's going to get stamped classified top secret or no foreign or whatever. Um, it does feel like this comes at a really bad time for the U S and I was just mentioning before we started recording guys, the, there's an AP article that came out way back in March, uh, March 23rd, kind of around the same time that these things were, were getting leaked and posted. 
The title of that article is Pentagon Budget Readies U.S. for Possible China Confrontation, which when the Associated Press is putting out that kind of messaging, right? And then you look at the Defense Department's proposed budget of $842 billion, which they're saying we need that money to prepare for literally war, to prepare for war. And then this kind of leaking of secret documents comes out. It makes me wonder if it's not related. Uh, Somebody saying, yeah, the timing. It's basically someone saying, hey, guess what? We're already in your house, as you said, Ben. Uh, Good luck with that budget. (laughs) Looking nasty, too, because one dirty part of the leaks that usually doesn't happen uh, in public is intelligence agencies snitching on each other. So there's a CIA statement that is in the Guardian article you mentioned uh, about how they they, uh, accuse Mossad of low-key telling Mossad agents to participate in domestic protest in Israel. Yeah, when the the big, uh, what was it? It was... There's, it was a huge deal, right? And they're mm-hmm. accusing Mossad of basically rallying the public to say, to bad job, against government, bad job. The current government, <laughs> yeah. The the government in that country is increasingly divided. But there's there's a lot of stuff. You know, this, is, this feels like it could be an episode. I'm just wondering if the American public is going to pay attention. Oh, yeah, Ben. There's a lot to cover here. I think it's worth an episode. And actually, it's worth waiting a little longer to see what else happens, because it does feel pretty raw still, even on April 12th, as we record this. Guys, hold on. We have to hold that thought. We are coming to you from our future in this episode, but your past. It's kind of weird. We just found out that someone has been arrested in connection with these leaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack Texiera, 21-year-old member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Yes, you can see video of him being taken in, and he appears to be the person that Bellingcat was writing about, the person that was originally posting documents on those early, early Discord servers. Uh, We don't have all of the information yet. Things are still developing. We're going to keep our eyes and ears to the ground. But uh, for now, we're going to go ahead and break. And hear a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back with more strange news. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, what's we'll it? 
Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you ride the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we've returned with one more piece of strange news. It's been a minute since uh, we've had the pleasure of talking about Mr. Mr. Ye, uh, formerly known as Kanye, formerly known as Kanye West. I don't know. Wasn't it? Wasn't there a period where he was just Kanye? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, we we don't have to relitigate the whole thing here, but the, the 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 guys had some issues with some public awfulness in terms of um, you know some pretty rough ideological views uh, surrounding uh, his opinion on on Jewish people, people of the Jewish Jewish faith, and identifying with uh, folks that some might consider you know Nazis and all of that. Um, we're not going to talk about any of that today. Uh, you may recall somewhere in that whirlwind firestorm of public kind of fall from grace stuff that was happening with Ye, uh, that there was mentioned that he was starting a school. Do you guys remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, we were talking about this uh, off air. I can't remember if we mentioned it on air, but he had uh, he he wanted to create a private school, I think, based on uh, his un- his understanding of what could be improvements in the U.S. education system. Very diplomatically yeah. put, right? <laughs> diplomatically put indeed. And, you know, he founded this, this school called Donda Academy, named after his beloved mother, which is also, you know, he named his uh, last record after. Not quite sure if he's finished that one yet. He's definitely put it out, but it, 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 I wonder if the, 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 the tracks keep changing. It's interesting. Like, I mean, you know, I'm fascinated by the guy on an artistic level. Like he definitely is like a modern artist, like uh, in, in that he doesn't care about like, oh, I'm going to change. It, it's a living document. You know, he's definitely had some interesting forward thinking ideas about music and culture and, you know, whether you like his fashion or not, he definitely has it as a viewpoint, let's just say. And then, you know, he kind of spun out of control and his viewpoint started to encompass things that were just, just not okay. Um, Donda Academy, it sounds to me from a lot of the press he did uh, where he talked about this, it's kind of the, the primary goal is to have like a really, like, like a winning high school basketball team. Uh, and, and to reverse engineer that scenario, he decided he needed to make a school. And if you go to their website, it's pretty fascinating. Um, it's Donda.org. And it's kind of great. Um, it, there's like a animated image of a dove like flying off into the sky and a kind of backlit foresty kind of textured background. And it just says Donda Academy. Who, and then there's, there's four links. Who we are, how we learn, admissions, and choir. Choir is... Pretty important there. Um, let's see. It says they have a 10 to 1 student-to-teacher ratio, uh, less than 12 students per class, pre-K through 12th grade. Uh, Donda rule number 51, it says here, students must be confident in forming ideas. If not, their writing will suffer. And uh, by, by the way, you may have also remembered that uh, Kanye came out pretty clearly against books. Uh, so it's it's interesting to think about, you know, uh, a school with no book. Maybe that's maybe that's the school of the future. That's neither here nor there. Um, but we've got some updates. Uh, a couple of the, you know, there was very precious little information out there outside of this kind of relatively cryptic website. Uh, now we have more information in the way that Americans tend to get our information through lawsuits. That's when the stuff comes out, the juicy stuff. And uh, yeah, the Donda Academy is being sued by two former employees, Cecilia Haley and uh, Chikari Byers. Um, they were uh, teachers at the school and they apparently reported to whatever administration existed uh, at Donda Academy, um, numerous violations of things based on their experience that they would consider to be 
questionable, if not outright illegal. Um, apparently, there's no janitorial staff um, through a number of kind of mandates handed down by Ye himself. Certain cleaning products were not allowed, only uh, acid and water, I believe it was. Um, it's It's some kind of very, you know, basic cleaning like like almost like it's not what it was it's acid is what i read but i'm not sure vinegar maybe yeah maybe so an acid that 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 would probably be like the most lo-fi holistic way of cleaning without any products and then that so so problem a you know uh, not particularly clean um problem b is uh the students are being underfed if by sushi, because that's the only thing that they have Mm. at dondo academy one meal a day uh selling point it's a. You're absolutely right, Ben. It's a selling point. If you know, you got to bring. You got to use utensils. You know, not everyone's good at chopsticks. Utensils also banned. Eating utensils. Wait, don't um, you eat sushi with your hand? Well, you can, I guess. I mean, that's certainly. I think. Well, I guess the rolls isn't the traditional way to eat sushi with your hand. I think so. so traditionally, sushi is a finger food. That's right. That's right. It's fine. I'm just point being no no utensils, potentially dirty situations. Mm-hmm. One meal a day, uh, no custodial staff. Um, in addition to those things that were banned, like like cleaning products, um, things like crossword puzzles, not allowed at Donda Academy. Um, coloring sheets, jewelry, uh, art on the wall, which is interesting considering. The you know he's he's all about inspiring you know artists and all of that and uh, no chairs either mm-hmm. and here's the kicker uh, no Nike or Adidas emblems of any kind products uh, of any kind um, the the students are dressed in kind of like a grayish black sort of sweatsuit that's sort of like issued to them you know you think of uh, you know, school, private schools and such having uniforms issued. And you kind of have an image in your mind of what that is. These feel a little more like prison uniforms kind of in there. Uh, you know, sort of, I don't know, that's sort of his, his post-apocalyptic vibe has always been Kanye's kind of fashion sets um, for his fashion line. So all this stuff kind of falls in line with that. Um, but yeah, Haley and Byers uh, brought these concerns, uh, just a few of which we, we were talking about, um, to the principal, Moira Love, and they, uh, who also, these two women were apparently the only um, black women uh, teaching at the school. Um, and they were met with uh, resistance, to say the very least. Um, and they were referred to as being, according to them, allegedly, uh, by Mora Love, who uh, presumably is white. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that part, but she wasn't a teacher, but it, it did say in the, uh, the cut article, by the way, which cited sources, cited several uh, reputable sources um, that they were the only black uh, women teaching at the school. Um, and they were called aggressive. And then they reported that they felt that, that language was charged and in some way, and, you know, indicative of a stereotypical um, maybe kind of put down of, of, of black women, kind of, you know, the idea of like speaking out of school or something like that. Literally in school. Uh, and they were fired. Mm-hmm. And they feel that they were unfairly fired. And now that all of this stuff is coming out and uh, no word on how good the basketball team is. Or the parkour um, team. Cause yeah, they, that parkour, parkour was, was definitely yeah, a listed um, activity. Have you guys heard any more about this? Am I missing it? I just, this is mainly, it's just odd. And I know we've, we've. Certainly discussed the fact that Kanye Kanye is is a person that's suffering very publicly from some, you know, mental health issues. And and it's a comment kind of on how we allow celebrity to kind of be the driving force, even if it's against someone's own, you know, best interest. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are surrounded with that level of money are surrounded by people whose job it is to stay employed, stay in that person's employment. So I don't know. What do you Uh, what stands out to you all here? How much does it cost? All right. Unclear. All right. Uh, by the way, did did forget to mention the fact that it it's good. unaccredited and it's closed. Unclear on that either. I don't. I think it is still operating. It um, yeah. as of October twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Did the principal write that Donda was closing down with plans to reopen in September? But then year? they wrote That's, like. But then they right after. No, no, just joking. And then they opened back up. I, I could have okay. Maybe you know what, Ben. I, I will defer to you on that. That wasn't. Let's see. Uh, That's at least according well. to the cut article. So the, the cut article says that it's closed. 
No, Cut article says they announced that it was going to close and begin afresh in 2023. Hours later, the Academy reportedly sent a follow-up announcing the school will be open again later that week, and it's been operating since then. That's what I thought. Uh, And it did did, uh, claim to close for a while, and that was unclear about how this would how this would all play out. It seems like there's a lot of confusion, I think, around some of the basics of Donda, at least in the mind of the public. Now, the staff themselves, like the principal, um, Jason Angel, Angel, I want to say. Well, no, the principal was, I, I, I had read that the principal was that love person. I think they, maybe they had changed principals. I mean, I know in... Uh, Oh, you're right. Yep, that's right. That, 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 that makes perfect sense. Correct. So yep. maybe they're shuffling some people around as well. Uh, and I don't want to sound like an apologist uh, just because I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of yay music. You did a lot for hip hop. But when I was first learning about this academy, I have to say I thought, one, it's probably not going to work. We'll see if, it's st- if it sticks through the coming years. And I thought, two, some of these things sound kind of awesome. If I was a kid, I would love to have a parkour class. You know what I mean? I'd love to eat sushi. Yeah, but if the school isn't accredited, right? Then how? how what does that mean for the kids' future? Right. Well, yeah, we, we've seen things like that um, with other schools and, and colleges lose, losing their accreditation and stuff like that, and yeah, and that matters. And, but by the way, this is also a, 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 another opportunity to talk about teachers and the plight of teachers. You know, where it's like it seems like these women um, maybe saw this as a chance to help out in a situation that they maybe already saw as a little tenuous. Uh, we don't know their motivations, but uh, apparently in California, because of the way the law is written even private school there's so many private schools that like private school teachers don't like necessarily make more than public school teachers yeah right so i mean it seems as though educators are being at the very least ignored at the very most utterly taken advantage of Mm -hmm. you know in this situation which as we don't think is cool no and i mean as ever you know this this is uh, addressing some known problems in the U.S. education system, or it's coming about as a result of those. Like everyone can agree, there are lots of uh, what could be diplomatically called areas of opportunity, right, for public education. And there are certain powerful forces that want to shut down the right to public education because it makes the masses more docile if they're uneducated, right, or more malleable, one could say. But this, I, I don't know, um, we have never attended Donda Academy that we know of, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just never set foot in the place. Uh, but we also, um, I, I had heard Noel that it was, it had at least moved around locations or had new, like it's trying to find a forever home. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of questions, and when you and when you think about the teachers and the kids, I love that you're pointing out that just teaching at a private school does not necessarily mean that you are being treated better or you are being compensated fairly it's it's mm-hmm. a whole bag of badgers man and every badger in there is an unpleasant thing yeah completely agree and something to keep an eye on you know um but i don't know if you just uh, maybe i said we weren't gonna talk about it but we did see that kanye west is now okay with jewish people because of jonah hill's performance in 21 jump street right and Jonah, <laughs> jonah hill another celebrity uh responded i think pretty diplomatically yeah, I didn't catch that one, but that's the only way. I mean, how else could you respond to that? It's like, I mean, it's it even. I don't know that even that comment seems very dismissive and like, what? What does that have to do with anything? Positive news, Yay. though. Uh, mm-hmm. I I saw an article that came out just a, a few days ago. I want to say, uh, yeah, in April. Uh, I'm pulling this from Shannon Dawson over at News One that says. Um, they were going to seek accreditation. So they're unaccredited now, but uh, I looks like, according to this article and according to the Rolling Stone, they're applied for accredit- accreditation with the Western Association of Schools and Colleges by spring 2023. I mean, that's a good thing, but I'm, I'm glad you're pointing that out because the accreditation is is a huge, huge deal. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I, I don't know how much to, to add. You know, I, I hate to kind of beat a dead horse on this in a, in a lot of ways. Cause like we said, it really is just an example of and I also don't want to be dismissive and say to try to like, you know, psychoanalyze, you know, uh, yay here on the podcast. But it does seem like another example of 
This shouldn't have happened. <laughs> this is school. It's not like some vanity project. It shouldn't be anyway. And I mean, again, not that like we don't have an absurd, insurmountable level of problems with the public school system, with schooling in America in general. But, you know, this just seems odd and unfortunate. And hopefully no kids um, have any ill outcomes, mm-hmm. you know, from being involved in this. And maybe, you know, maybe we can hear from someone who is associated with Donda Academy, which had a secret location for a while. Maybe we can hear from some students uh, or their parents, you know. Uh, we would, I think we'd all love to hear some firsthand experience because, again, you know, there's a, there's a lot of confusion about this in the public. And as you said, no teachers are important mission critical, right, to the future of not only individuals, but the futures of the countries and communities in which they in which they practice their craft. And we want to hear, you know, if you trust your Furby. And we hmm. we want to yeah. we want we want to know why you leaked those documents, bro. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and and also right. what would your academy <laughs> requirements be? Like what would your outfit look like at your academy? What's something you think could fix the U.S. education system, right? Because one of the most successful musicians in the current era of Western music seems to have given it a go, right? Um, I, I think a lot of people will have some answers. You know, Noel Mad be really interesting, too, to see uh, how many commonalities we find among our fellow conspiracy realists, as long as we assume it's not secretly chat GPT writing to us. God, I hope not. That Furby stuff, man, that's going to... Like I said, I I do think it's all fascinating. Like, as someone who's a fan of, you know, generative music, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're all giant tech nerds, and I think there's a part of us that's fascinated by all this AI stuff and the way it can be used to generate, like, art or to help, you know, not help, but, like, be another tool in the toolbox, you know? And uh, I think that video uh, is an interesting example of that. Um, Maybe not art. I mean, it was really kind of more of a gag, but... Some of the stuff you can't help but see the robot overlords pounding down your door. Yeah. And until they do, and probably, hopefully, even a while after that, we are going to be coming to you with more strange news, more listener mail, more episodes about all the stuff they don't want you to know. We want you to be part of the show. So please join us online. We're, we're all over the place, even TikTok before that gets banned. Yes, hang out with us on the socials. On YouTube, we are Conspiracy Stuff. Facebook, Conspiracy Stuff. Instagram, Conspiracy Stuff Show. Wait, Twitter, Conspiracy Stuff again. And then TikTok, Conspiracy Stuff Show. See, I did that all out of order, but you'll figure it out if you like one of those. We also have ways to contact us not on social. That's right. You can call us at one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Uh, Leave a message at the tone, uh, and you've got three minutes to tell us a tale, ask us a question, you know, write us a poem. Give us a good old haiku. If you need more than three minutes, why, there's plenty of opportunities to do that. You can do all the social stuff that I said a minute ago, or you can reach out to us the old-fashioned way. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest-growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.